weirdly, I felt older at 27 than I did at 31. I think at 27, I was like, oh my God, my 20s are coming to an end. Like, what's the rest of my life going to be like? And now at 31, I feel super young. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Emrata Asks. Hello with Emrata. This is a solo episode. Today, we're talking about aging, getting older, specifically as it relates to gender. This is something I thought about a lot and I wrote, a, I touched on a little bit in my book. My mom, super beautiful woman, and she was telling me one day, when she decided to stop coloring her hair and just go gray, she, you know, like, and how it makes her feel to now be a gray-haired lady and, like, the decision, because it looks really good on her. Um, But she was talking about, she was walking down the street, and she saw these, like, two, you know, youngish men, not super young, but, like, young guys. And she kind of just naturally, like, pulled herself up a little bit, like, her posture, And she realized they walked past her without, like, looking at her. And it was this weird moment for her. She was like, holy shit, I'm I'm just a gray-haired lady to these two men in a way that I used to not be. And it just always really stuck with me. And it's, it's an anecdote that I included in one of the essays in the book. And even just, like, Frances McDormand has talked about this. There's a lot of writing, a lot of women in general, femme presenting people have talked about kind of like the invisibility that comes with becoming an aging woman. So today um, I want to talk about beauty standards, why that is true, what the the obvious differences between like, you know, how older men are, you know, can be very attractive where it's always young women who practically look, they just hit puberty, are considered beautiful. And we're going to reference a couple different things, including um, Susan Sontag's essay, uh, The Double Standard of Aging, which I think has some really interesting um, bits in it. There's also this New York Times piece Helen Garner wrote and a piece Audre Lorde wrote about class and age and race. Let's get into it. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. So it's obvious we all know a silver fox kind of thing. Susan Sontag really gets into, you know, the way that even like scars on men, like rougher skin can be really hot. Whereas with women, it's just about how being being super young. Actually, OkCupid okay founder um, talked about this. And they said that their data shows men prefer younger women. This is so insane. He said, from the time you're 22, you'll be less hot than a 20-year-old based on OkCupid's okay data. So that's just a thing. It makes me want to vomit and throw myself off a building. Amy Schumer does a sketch um, called The Last Fuckable Day. Tina Fey and Julie Louis-Dreyfus also where they joke and every, every woman in Hollywood has their like last day where they're still fuckable before they basically start playing a mom. And it is pretty wild when you look at like the ages of people who play like mothers in films and stuff. They're like 32. Three and they're playing, and like the girl who's you know playing the sixteen year old is like 
22 and it's like they're 10 years apart and yet they're supposed to be the mom. I mean, there's so much about ageism and there's something very pedophilic about our culture and um, the way we want women to look at all times. Even just turning like 30, so many people said to me, like, are you so worried about being 30 as if, you know, it was going to be this like crazy moment in my life. Basically, one of the things that Susan Sontag really gets into in this essay is that the way we associate, the things that we associate with masculinity come with age. And a lot of the things that we, you know, associate with femininity come with youth. Susan Sontag says only one standard of female beauty is sanctioned. Basically with male beauty, there's a boy and a man, but then like, and the beauty of a boy resembles the beauty of a girl. And then there's like the category of of a man. But with women, it's just that one aesthetic. You can be like a handsome older woman, but it's just not the same as actually being beautiful. And like, you're definitely not sexually attractive. And, you know, I'm somebody who wants to look young. Like I definitely think that um, I completely understand, like, I spend crazy money on serums and blah, blah, blah. And, like, even when I'm super tired, put on the retinol and do the whole thing because I want to look young. I will say, you know, if you have money, so this is a class issue, obviously, if you have money, you can look younger. There's so many, like, you can spend money on anti-aging stuff, which the technology has gotten pretty insane. And, like, I don't know, I was watching some random movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones where she looks kind of mature. And then I looked up her age and she's like 33 at the time, but it's just because like the technology and what you could do to look young, 33 was very different, you know, even 10 years ago or 20 years ago than it is now. So I think 33 is different than what it was, um, or 40 is different. So I think there's that, but also like, it's pretty fucked up. Like poor people then look older and poor women. And what Audrey Lord points out in her piece, the poorest people on planet earth are old women of color. So like, obviously there's all the things to say about race and the way we treat. I mean, I just think that's like a, if you need to understand something about privilege and the world we live in, like that's a, a very important fact to look at. So I think there's a lot of like race and class come into this as well. What I like about the Susan Sontag piece is basically she's saying like, it's not even so much about how we look. It's also about the things that we expect a woman to be. This is from Susan Sontag's essay. Um, Masculinity is identified with competence, autonomy, self-control, qualities, which the disappearance of youth does not threaten. Femininity is identified with incompetence, helplessness, passivity, non-competitive, being nice. Age does not improve these qualities. So even while, you know, men can feel diminished as they get older, you know, because they maybe don't have as much like success, you know, financial success, whatever, there's sort of this like general association of masculinity as like, you know, that comes wisdom as something masculine, right? Like, and femininity is something where you're like super kind of passive and whatever, which I think is so true. This is from Helen Garner. Um, Insults Age. It's a great essay. I really recommend it. Um, It's just talking about how people like perceive and how frustrated she is by the way people talk to her and infantilize 
um, her as this older woman and like the disrespect she essentially gets shown as this older person. And she says, I had known for years, of course, that beyond a certain age, women become invisible in public spaces. The famous erotic gaze is withdrawn. You are no longer in the eyes of the world a sexual being. In my experience, though, this forlornness is a passing phase. The sadness of the loss fades and fades. You pass through loneliness and out into a balmy freedom from the heavy labor of self-presentation. Oh, the relief. You have nothing to prove. You can saunter around the world in overalls because a lifetime as a woman has taught you to listen. You know how to strike up long, meaty conversations with strangers on trams and trains. Basically, you get to like fucking relax finally. And that's what Frances McDormand um, talked about. She did a interview and she was like, there's something so wonderful and like freeing about just not having to consider the gaze anymore. As in gaze, like G-A-Z-E, not as in like these gays are trying to kill me. Um, and I think it's something my mom was, you know, also has spoken to me about and been like, yeah, it's weird. Like both there's this incredible loss of like I'm no longer going to be considered in this and respected and like given the attend this attention that I did as a young woman, but also like, wow, now I can just be a person for once. But I think that there's something really important there about sort of that freedom and that ability to just exist that kind of comes with invisibility while problematic can be actually really liberating and kind of something maybe as women we should tap into. And she talks about how women in their 30s are actually kind of in their sexual prime because it takes that long to kind of speak up for yourself and like get what you want sexually, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. Um, so like in that way, you might actually be better sexual partners in your 30s. Uh, women might be better sexual partners in their 30s, but they're less desirable because there's an assertiveness to their sexuality that is not passive and is not, you know, how we typically associate or traditionally have associated femininity. I want to talk about this a little bit more. The second part of this episode is really going to be about kind of like what can we do to, you know, not just be so obsessed with trying to look young? We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. So let's now talk about what we can do to combat this, right? So Ashton Applewhite um, in this New York Times article writes, who really thinks that she is a lesser version, less interesting, less fun in bed, less valuable than the woman she used to be? And, you know, I really talked about this a lot in the podcast. Like, being 31, I'm so happy to be out of my 20s. And, you know, there is – I, like, see weird con- – the only time I, like, feel – older or whatever is like if I'll talk to a guy and they're talking about someone they're dating and they're like 23 (laughs) and I have a moment of kind of, oh my God, first of all, like I feel so protective of that younger woman. Also, it's a weird thing to just realize there are like younger single women in the dating pool and just think about like how different our lives are and like our perspectives on relationships and everything. And sometimes, so sometimes I feel aware of my age in that way, or I'll get like really nasty comments from people who are like, aren't you 31? You should be blah, 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 doing whatever. Basically go die because you're a mom now and you're 31. Um, and I, that's the only time I even like feel whatever. Everything else about 31 has is 
fucking incredible. I know who I am. I know what I want to do with my life. I've been able to like make enough money that I can like decide, you know, how I want to spend my, I can go out to dinner. I can take myself out to dinner. I'm better with relationships. I'm just more experienced, all these things. So I think that's one part of kind of embracing embracing aging, right, is the wisdom. And she does say, Applewhite says in this, um, instead of muttering what the hell happened at the face of the mirror, how about we take a minute to recall some of the things that did happen, how remarkable a lot of them were. And she says, what if we were proud of wrinkles as a sign of all we've overcome? And it's like, I just don't, I don't, I think that's a step that is asking a lot of women when the beauty standard is like reinforced time and time again to be young and to be beautiful. So I almost think that we kind of first have to really connect to sort of shifting the conversation around what is attractive and what femininity really is to making it into something that is more mature and wiser and powerful um, rather than like meek. And that can then, you know, make just just literally the qualities that come with age and time more kind of like sexy, I guess, for women. And then, you know, listen, I um, Julia Fox went to um, the CFDAs and had like white in her hair and she was like, aging's in. So like maybe there is a world where we actually bring in the aesthetic of wrinkles and gray hair and whatever. I think we have a long way to go with that. Um, I think, you know, I, I would be lying if I said, oh yeah, I just can't wait to like look old. <laughs> I don't want that. Um, and by the way, I don't think like men are dying to look old. I know a lot of 40-year-old men and stuff who are like freaking the fuck out about how their bodies don't metabolize things as quickly and, um, you know, they're balding and blah, blah, blah. So like, I think aging all over, there are obviously, look at Brad Pitt, look at Leo, look at Tom Cruise, 59, 48, 60. These are still men who are considered basically ex- incredibly sexually eligible and hot. George Clooney, Silver Fox, blah, blah, blah. So I think that what Susan Sontag said about there being categories of boys and men who, of male beauty that can be boyish and just mannish is true. I do want to say like everyone's kind of scared of getting old, right? So, you know, I think that there's two things we can do. One, it's kind of what I just said, you know, really kind of embracing the wisdom. And then also maybe appreciating the invisibility and the release of having to factor in being sexualized and finding new ways to feel sexual or connected to yourself that doesn't have to do with the way you're perceived as a sexual um, being in the world. So, you know, speaking to my mom's thing or to Susan Sadtag or um, Helen Garner's thing, you know, of kind of like you know, you have this this moment of loss, but then also maybe it's this amazing moment where you could be like, okay, like who the hell am I now? And, you know, hopefully at that point you're able to find sexual partners who maybe are closer to your age and whatever else. But I think that, you know, in general, the importance we place on beauty and being perceived as, you know, women, like even Susan Sontag talks about how many times women have to go to, are expected to like get up from a meal at a restaurant and go like fix their face and like check on on their appearance. It's just, it's exhausting. And like, maybe there's some world where we kind of release that. But then again, I just think about, you know, the technology and like how much money goes into the beauty industry and specifically into anti-aging products. I don't know. Food for thought for all of you. I'm very curious what you all think about this. If you've had experience, if you're an older person who has experienced kind of like what my mom did, or, you know, you found that you actually feel really liberated with kind of like letting your hair go gray. I have a cousin who went gray really young and just like went for it. And um, it looks cool on her, you know? Uh, So I'm curious like about different ways that people are thinking about aging. I have to say, 
weirdly, I felt older at 27 than I did at 31. I think at 27, I was like, oh my God, my 20s are coming to an end. Like, what's the rest of my life going to be like? And now at 31, I feel like super young. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense at all. Um, But I think there's weird perspective you gain with getting older where you're like, wow, life is pretty like long and I'm still at the front of it and I'm still can go out and feel like a part of a youth culture and everything else. And that feels really good. And I think at 27, I didn't appreciate that. I was just like, oh my God, my 20s are ending. I'm getting older. So I'm curious. I know a lot of like young women listen to the podcast. And if you're feeling that way about your late 20s or, you know, mid 20s and like approaching 30, if you're getting that feeling, I have to say coming out on the other side of it, I'm like, I don't give a shit about aging now. So, but that being said, Sometimes I do think about like, what is it going to be like to be a 50-year-old woman? Or what is it going to be like to be a 65-year-old woman? Um, And how do I want to exist in the world? How do I want to operate? I see women walking through New York sometimes on the subway and whatever. I'm like, it looks so cool. They're wearing whatever the fuck they want. They're like, nobody's bothering them, (laughs) Um, which just, again, speaks to that freedom. And how do we, I also want to hear your thoughts on how we adjust kind of our notions around femininity. So go to hilo.fm to submit your voicemails. And thank you so much for listening. High Low with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment Bitch Era Media and Something Else production produced by Chelsea Jacobson. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, and Sarita Wesley. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.